Hello, welcome back to INT Japan. 今日のトピックは日本は本当に安全ですかと話します。Today's topic is about how safe Japan truly is as a country. Japan is widely regarded as one of the safest countries in the world, natural disasters aside. According to the Global Peace Index, Japan ranks as the ninth safest country out of 163 nations surveyed. Japan also has one of the lowest crime rates among developed countries with rates of violent crime and property crime that are far below those of the United States and other average Western nations. According to the latest statistics from the National Police Agency of Japan, Theft is the most common crime in Japan. In 2020, theft accounted for 71% of all reported crimes in Japan. Within the category of theft, the most common type of theft is bicycle, followed by theft from vehicles and shoplifting. FYI, bicycles are still a popular method of transportation here. And because some of them are actually pretty pricey, They do make a good target for thieves. Compared to the crime news you hear overseas, Japan is quite tame in comparison. You don't hear about school shootings or violent riots. So, is Japan truly safe? Compared to the other countries I've lived in in the past, I say Japan tops the list of being the safest place. Again, I'm not going to include Japan's numerous earthquakes because there's nothing the government can do about that. They have no power to move the many fault lines that crisscross Japan. I'm talking about the man made problems. For example, I have no qualms about walking alone in the middle of the night. No one would mug me or kidnap me for sure. If I drop my wallet somewhere, most likely someone would pick it up and hand it over to the police. A few years ago, my cousin actually lost her shopping bag in the middle of Shibuya. It was New Year's Eve, so the streets were jammed with people, and we basically had to push and shove just to get through. Unfortunately, my cousin lost hold of the bag in that crowd. She was really bummed. The next morning, we returned to Shibuya, and tada! We magically found her shopping bag in the middle of the street with all the goods still inside. We were really amazed. In Japan, I guess you can expect this to happen. But everywhere else in the world, no freaking way. I also see people walking around with their phones or wallets sticking out of their pockets. In restaurants, people would often leave their bags or shopping bags when they wanted to go to the restroom. It's like a pickpocket's paradise in here. There may be several reasons why Japan is a safe country, and the reason is not merely because it has a strict gun control, it's also deep rooted in the culture that shapes Japan. Some of these include 1. Strong emphasis on social harmony. One of the most striking features of Japanese culture is the emphasis on social harmony and the avoidance of conflict. This emphasis is reflected in many aspects of Japanese life, from the highly ritualized nature of daily interactions about the weather to the emphasis on group consensus when it comes to decision making. This strong emphasis on social harmony definitely encourages people not to misbehave. Number two, strong community bonds. Japanese society plays a high value on community and social cohesion, at least on the surface. 
This is reflected in the many festivals, celebrations, and other community events that are held throughout the year. These events help to build strong bonds between neighbors and foster a sense of social responsibility. This can help to prevent crime as people are more likely to look out for each other and report suspicious activity. Don't misunderstand bonds for affinity though, it's more like bonds for the sake of the greater good. Relationship between neighbors in Japan can be a little difficult, especially if you two have very different lifestyles. 3. Strict Gun Control Laws Japan has some of the strictest gun control laws in the world. It is very difficult for ordinary citizens to own firearms, and there are strict regulations governing the possession and use of guns by law enforcement officials. This definitely keeps the number of gun-related crimes low. What happened to the former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe last year was an anomaly. No one could have predicted that, but more details on that later. 4. Policing Strategy The Japanese police force places a strong emphasis on community policing, with officers assigned to specific neighborhoods and tasked with building relationships with local residents. These neighborhood police are usually stationed in small police boxes called koban. It serves as a local police station and is typically manned by one or two police officers who are responsible for maintaining public safety in the immediate area. This approach can help to prevent crime by increasing the visibility of police officers and creating a sense of trust between residents and law enforcement officials. 5. Technology and Surveillance Japan is known to have a highly advanced CCTV system. The country has one of the highest density of surveillance cameras in the world, with an estimated 5.6 million cameras installed as of 2021. Talk about Big Brother, eh? Japanese CCTV technology is known for its high-resolution images and advanced features such as facial recognition and automatic tracking. Some of the latest systems are capable of detecting suspicious behavior, abnormal movements, whatever that means, and even predicting criminal activity based on big data analysis. Additionally, the cameras are often integrated with other technologies such as drones, mobile devices, and AI system. That's probably one of the reasons why Japan also ranks the lowest in terms of freedom among all the G7 countries. Well, that and lack of freedom of speech. 6. Economic Stability I mean, this one is kind of in a gray area at the moment, but at least Japan is or was a relatively affluent and stable country with a strong social safety net. You can get tax breaks, unemployment benefits, etc. etc. Naturally, you feel less inclined to rob a bank. However, in recent years, there's been a growing unrest among Japanese, especially after Shinzo Abe, Japan's former and longest-serving prime minister, was killed in a fatal gunshot that could have been prevented. It really shocked the nation as Japan has a strict gun law policy. Except that the gun was completely handmade. What got people more concerned, though, was not the fact that people could make guns easily. Rather, it was the lack of security details. When the first gunshot was fired, there was a confused reaction from the public and the security guards that were supposed to protect the former prime minister. 
The fact that the shooter managed to hit Shinzo Abe twice, not once, was a telltale sign that they weren't prepared for this event. After all, gun violence is almost unheard of in Japan. In terms of gun control law, Japan has some of the strictest laws in the world, as I said before. The possession of firearms including handguns, rifles, and shotguns is strictly regulated by the Japanese government. Under Japanese law, anyone who wishes to own a firearm must first attend a safety course and pass a written test. They must also pass a mental and physical health examinations and obtain a license from the local police department. The license must be renewed every three years and the owner must undergo additional training and pass another mental and physical health examination. Unless you really, really want that gun, there's just too much hassle. That is also why there aren't a lot of hunters in Japan. Most of the current hunters are getting old, and the government is actually trying to encourage young people to hunt more as the population of wild animals in Japan is growing out of control. But in a society where a lot of people are feeling the pressure to conform and perform, I don't think a more liberal gun law would be a good idea anyway. In addition to these licensing requirements, Japan has strict restrictions on the type of firearms that are allowed. Handguns are generally prohibited except for certain individuals, such as police officers or licensed security guards. Rifles and shotguns are allowed, but they must be kept in a secure location under lock and key, and ammunitions must be stored separately. FYI, the price of ammunition is also very expensive. But prohibiting guns just means removing one method of crime. More recently, on April 15th to be exact, Japan's current Prime Minister Fumio Kishida nearly lost his life after 24-year-old Ryuji Kimura threw an explosive when Kishida was out giving a stump speech in Wakayama Prefecture. Fortunately, he wasn't hurt and there was no casualty. A 70-year-old fisherman did get injured when one of the explosive parts hit his back, but it's not a serious wound. Even though the perpetrator failed to hurt Kishida this time, who knows how many disheartened citizens might have felt inspired by Kimura's actions. For example, Shinzo Abe's murderer, Yamagami actually received a lot of money donations and support from various citizens after he was arrested. Instead of labeling him as a criminal, some portray him as the true victim. Some even called him a hero. Some individuals may sympathize with Yamagami due to their own personal beliefs or biases. For example, Yamagami may be perceived as being marginalized or oppressed and his crime might have been viewed as a means of achieving justice or revenge. Many people who dislike the Prime Minister or the Unification Church, which Yamagami's mother fell prey to, felt for Yamagami. This sympathy, I think, can be a dangerous game in the long run. When people realize that they share a common enemy, it's natural for them to feel a certain degree of solidarity. They could band together and form a resistance. Let's hope that this is not the case. It's important to remember that sympathy for violent acts is illogical, and that violence only begets more violence. Saying that though, if we look back to our history and our ancestor, it's filled with violence. In some cases, 
violence is the only currency of peace. But when it comes to crime, sometimes serious ones do happen in Japan, like horror movie level crime. For example, there have been incidents of random stabbings in public places. More recently, in March of this year, a 17-year-old student in Saitama Prefecture was arrested for stabbing a junior high school teacher multiple times with a kitchen knife. Prior to that, the student also admitted to killing and dismembering cats in a neighborhood. When asked about his motive, he said he didn't have any. He simply wanted to kill someone. Anyone. If you think that was an isolated incident, it wasn't. Just a few days after the incident, a 13-year-old boy in Hiroshima slashed his classmate with a kitchen knife. Fortunately, his classmate survived with minor injuries. The knife-wielding boy didn't have any particular issues at school according to investigations. He wasn't bullied and he'd never caused any trouble before. So what gives? When asked for a motive, the boy creepily said, I don't care whom I attacked, I just wanted to attack someone. Be it the mounting pressures from society, from the pandemic, or from parents, the rate of juvenile crime is on the rise in Japan. In December 2022, Tokyo reported that the crime rate committed by minors had increased by 4% compared to the same period in the previous year. The number of reported street crimes increased by 9.4% and the number of juveniles arrested for street crimes increased by a whooping 30%. Sure, most of these crimes involve theft of motorcycles or vending machines, but you shouldn't ignore the more serious ones either. Some of these crimes included Boy arrested for injuring a random woman on the street with a kitchen knife. Boy threatened a male clerk with a metal bat and stole six packs of cigarettes. Boy invaded a university ground and stabbed a random man with a kitchen knife. All these boys were junior high school students. Scholars are quick to come up with several explanations, although none of these are backed by any real findings, so take it with a grain of salt and let me know what you personally think as well. Explanation number one is the increase in divorce rates in Japan, which leads to abnormal moral development and problematic behavior in children. I personally think that the correlation is very weak in this one, except if the divorce was very hostile and long-winded. Two is the fact that young people are no longer close with their elderly relatives, so the fact that they have never witnessed death with their own eyes gives them a false impression of death. I thought this one was a little weird. Should people witness death in order to appreciate life and develop moral conscience? I don't know, it seems a bit extreme to me. Maybe they should do a research where they take kids to a morgue to see all the dead bodies, see if the bullies suddenly turn nice. I suppose that's why some researchers also say that it's good for kids to have pets, because that will most likely be their first experience with death. Explanation number three is the flows in the education system in general. Japanese schools prioritize competitiveness in academic achievements. Students must keep up with their classmates and compete for a better grade. But nowhere in the curriculum does it teach students to be kind. None of the classes teaches ethics, morals, and norms. Maybe only the basics like be polite to the elderly, don't throw rubbish on the street, etc. 
I doubt they talk about bullying and other things like that. I heard the sex education in Japanese schools is a little questionable as well. The explanations are more scientific than realistic. Explanation number four is the most predictable one. Violent video games, media, TV shows, they all romanticize murder and death. Some adults believe the fact that characters cannot die in games gives children the impression that it's the same in real life. If you kill someone, they will just respawn. I don't know about this one. I've played video games all my life and it never got me thinking that people can just respawn over and over. Yes, I've played GTA too, but it never makes me think about punching a prostitute. 5. The deterioration of the Japanese economy and social instability. Now, this I think may be a plausible explanation. Uncertainties can lead to children living a stressful home life. Unemployed parents can face a lot of pressure, and in turn, they might unintentionally lash out on their own kids. Whether Japan would like to admit it or not, its economy is no longer what it was back in the 80s. It has a lot of issues, and they are very slow to adapt to changes. The good news is, despite the scary headlines that you may see on the news or on my podcast, the overall crime rate in Japan is actually still very, very low. The overall trend has been on a decline since it peaked in 2002. The rate of criminal offenses is much, much lower compared to decades ago. To illustrate, the number of violent crimes such as murder and robbery were between 10,000 and 15,000 cases during the Showa period. At the beginning of Heisei period, this number dwindled to about 6,000 cases. FYI, Showa period is from 1926 to 1989. Heisei period is from 1989 to 2019. It's too soon to say what crime rate will be like during Reiwa period, which is now, but we'll see. So far, people feel uneasy this year because this is the first time in 20 years that the crime rate actually increased in Japan. Many people and experts assume it's the aftermath of coronavirus pandemic. Many people became financially strained, and many businesses went bankrupt, which would explain why there's been a lot of crimes related to scams and fraud recently. I received a notice from my local city office recently. They told me to be careful of roof repair scams. As a matter of fact, several people claiming to be working for a roof specialist company have come to my house in the past. They claim that my roof is in a verge of collapse or badly damaged. They try to convince me that my roof is in need of urgent repair. At first, I was terrified because they came just before the typhoon season hit. If I didn't fix it right away, I might have to pay more for leak damage. And it's not only one person who said it. Multiple people came over to my house telling me about my roof. I even went around the house to check the roof myself. But I don't have the equipment to climb onto the roof and I'm a little scared of heights. What made me suspicious was the fact that they couldn't give me a proper invoice. They scribbled the amount I'd have to pay on a memo and handed it to me. I asked them if they could give me a more detailed invoice, but they told me I didn't need it. So I decided to ask my neighbor and they told me, yes, those men are just out to get your money, so tell them to bugger off or don't answer them at all. I'm so glad I followed my instincts. Personally, I'm not too worried about violent crimes in Japan. 
Yes, knife attacks do happen, but I don't think the number is higher than other developed countries. I am, however, concerned about the rise in domestic violence and abuse. According to data from the Japanese National Police Agency, the number of reported cases of domestic violence has been increasing in recent years. In 2020, there were approximately 86,000 reported cases of domestic violence in Japan, which is a significant increase from the previous year. In 2019, the number was 78,000 and the year before that, it was 73,000. You get the gist. Women make up the majority of the reported victims. There may be some explanations to this increase though. One factor is the increased stress and economic uncertainty brought about by coronavirus, which has led to greater social isolation and financial strain for many families. In addition, greater awareness on domestic violence issues such as the Me Too movement might have encouraged victims to come forward. Despite these efforts, there are still significant challenges in addressing domestic violence in Japan, and many victims may not report incidents due to fear of retaliation or social stigma. For example, filing a restraining order against your abuser is not simple. You need to present evidence, and when you do get a restraining order, it lasts for a maximum of two years depending on the severity of the abuse. In most cases, the restraining order only lasts for about six months. In Japan, it is very important that you present a happy exterior and to never air your dirty laundry in public. Some victims of crime may have trouble coming forward, which gives an appearance of a lower crime rate. People who have lived here for a while, we know that Japan being the safest country in the world is still true on one hand. But when it comes to safety for mental health, domestic violence and abuse, bullying, power harassment, they are all still questionable. Moreover, Japanese authority is quite well known for being good at covering things up. But more on that next time. Mina do ka? Nihon wa ka? What do you think about Japan? Do you think it's a truly safe country? Or are we missing something? Have you ever faced a dangerous situation in Japan? Let me know in the comments. Mata jisai aishimashou. Bye bye.